How do I look? You look good. This is what I'd wear on our date. Uh, right. First a traffic intersection, then maybe a show. I'd like us to go on a date. Yeah, that would be fun. Are you attracted to me? What? Are you attracted to me? You give me indications that you are. I do? Yes. How? Micro-expressions. Micro-expressions? The way your eyes fix on my eyes and lips. The way you hold my gaze. Uh... Or don't. Do you think about me when we aren't together? Sometimes at night, I'm wondering if you're watching me on the cameras. And I hope you are. Now your micro-expressions are telegraphing discomfort. I am not sure that you'd call them micro. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. Power cuts. All right, should we do that, or should I do a little <laughs> bit louder? <laughs> Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am the I'm so much crazier. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Hello and welcome to session number one of the Turing Test. Uh, one of the four people uh, doing this podcast today is a robot, and if you can figure out by the end of this episode which of us is a robot, uh, you get a then we prize. get de- decommissioned. Yeah, is that yeah. what happens to the robot? Well, they, they we've already the 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 prototypes have already been decommissioned. They are in my closet. I am Nick. That is Gabe. I said four because there are two people joining us today who are going to introduce themselves now. Yeah, let's start with you, Carter. You're new to this pod. Yeah, first time on. Thank you for having me. How's it uh, going, man? Good, good. Um, been Gabe's longtime friend. Uh, happy he invited me on here. Had a uh, short stint in Los Angeles actually pursuing acting uh, where I was on episode of Grey's Anatomy and Ellen Pompeo did call me a babe, so... It's true. I, I have the evidence on my computer. Mm-hmm. Feel I very saved that episode. <laughs> yeah. So that is me, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being on, Carter. And then Clay is rejoining us. I am. Recurring guest Clay. Yeah, very excited. Um, I got Carter here with me, too, so I don't feel too out of my element this time. Um, not <laughs> yeah, to be fair, you had just flown into Los Angeles, and your arms yeah, were tired. Yeah, that, yeah, that was the reason for everything that, yeah. that transpired. Um, it was a good episode. But yeah, no, I'm excited to be back for a little kind of different genres here. Not so much comedy. Um, one of them has some humorous elements to it. And yeah. Disgusting. Definitely. Actually, both of them kind of have humorous elements to them. But like sure. one is yeah. like unintentionally funny and one is intentionally funny, but also just like jarring. Yeah. And our two movies today are Splice and Ex Machina, uh, which have a loose tie between them. Uh, why did we choose these again, guys? Yeah, so I thought we should do it because at the very least we get to talk about two movies within like sort of the same genre, like vaguely horror sci-fi, and 
and be able to build up one that a lot of people really like and then kind of shit on the other and show why the other like missed opportunities. And then, I mean, the central theme of just like creating an artificially intelligent being and putting it through some sort of system of abuse uh, and then that artificially intelligent being like escaping and taking revenge is like sort of the the type besides that not very similar movies (laughs) absolutely i mean no they do both have uh you know uh an intelligent being that is locked away from the world and um then uh does some not so great things and they're both Um, like sexual to extremely varying uh degrees they're both sexual dude they are both sexual terrible ways yeah really uncomfortable ways both end up being like a product of what's done to them by their creator and so yeah exactly i think they actually pair really well yeah all right good well why did you guys like want to do these movies or like what what is it about ex machina that like really excited both of you about coming on a podcast and talking this whole time i thought carter was just a huge splice stan so yeah oh yeah no well, well Carter, i thought we had like stop talking about it. jokes on you we both are so. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one with great reviews right that's yeah. the one that we're all right they we're failed the test they're definitely right? not intelligent beings we can <laughs> one of them, them is the robot yeah i mean for me personally i've seen ex machina a handful of times i um actually watched it in one of my screenwriting classes that i took so um it'll be interesting to look at it through that kind of lens but uh, it's probably one of my favorite movies over the last 10 years, maybe ever. Um, I've seen it probably five or six times. So, and there's just so much to talk about when it comes to Ex Machina. So, uh, I think that'll be fun. Splice, I saw it once in theaters. I tried to, <laughs> I can't believe you saw brain. it in theaters. I saw it, yeah. Uh, oh, no. Jason Jefferson. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Far too high, but... Um. I'd actually like to have a conversation with Jason Shepardson now about that movie. Next topic. We yeah. have enough to talk about. <laughs> yes. I think the reason why I watched Splice was your review of it and how crazy and fucked up it was. And I was like, being in high school at the time, like, I have oh, to I gotta ad- see it. I have to admit, I, I had never seen Splice. I thought I had, but what I think happened oh, really? was I think Clay described the whole plot of Splice <laughs> to me. We and just then, gotta tell the world that pretty So this is... Yeah, and like... I didn't want to see it. I was I was you were scared a of it, splice, and I it was You were done. a splice virgin, and now yeah. we've taken your splice virginity. Oh, fuck. That's gross. What about you, Carter? Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ex Machina is one of your favorite movies, right? Yeah, Ex Machina is probably a top, top ten, maybe top five favorite movie for me. I mean, there's, uh, like Clay said, there's so much to unpack with that movie. And, and it's one of those that just, you can't stop thinking about it after you watch it. And I'll probably talk about that later, but it's... I mean, I watched it again, um, I watched it twice this week, and again with my mom, oh, and we sat there and talked to just, like, the whole mind fuck of, you know, Domo Gleason and how he ends up thinking, you know, it, we'll get into it, but yeah. you could talk about it for hours and hours, each individual character, each individual scene, um, just love the movie. Damn, Carter's gonna have, like, crazy notes for this if he watched it twice this week. I'm excited. Yeah. Nick, hit us with I think it's, it's because he's an Android. Early yeah, I running, mean, early running for the problems. Android is Carter. I'm just gonna write. <laughs> yeah, that we down. <laughs> we'll have like a running thing right here. And then thinking we'll maybe at the Android. Uh, yeah, hit us with the synopses for maybe. the people that don't remember this movie or, or these <laughs> movies or 
I don't know. Right. So, uh, speaking of Ex Machina, is the story of Caleb, a young coder who wins a sweepstake organized by his boss, Nathan, the owner and CEO of Search Engine Blue Book. Caleb's uh, win, ding, 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 allows him the opportunity to visit Nathan's secluded compound and meet Nathan himself, who appears at first to be your typical heavy drinking, sweatpants wearing, kickboxing tech lord, but he quickly reveals that he has invited Caleb. Uh, Caleb there to test Nathan's new AI, a robot woman named Ava, to determine if Ava is too human for you, man. Uh, <laughs> Caleb falls for Ava. I, I, sorry about that one. Caleb falls for Ava, who is innocent-seeming, kind, subtly sexual, and very persuasive. Caleb learns over the week that he is in Nathan's company that Nathan is a sociopathic alcoholic who abuses his servant, Kyoko, who is actually a robot, spoiler alert, and also tears up, uh, tears up. Damn it, I hate those words. Uh, tears up the dance floor, dude. Uh, Caleb also learns that Nathan has created several predecessors to Ava, and he definitely fucked all of them. Caleb and Ava hatches a plot to escape Nathan's clutches, and um, they are successful as Ava escapes and Kyoko kills Nathan. Ava puts on the skin of one of her predecessors and leaves the compound and Caleb behind. She escapes in the world to people watch, and I assume to either blend in with people forever or to subjugate the human race and kill us all in horrific ways. Splice is the story of Clive and Elsa, two biologists who inexplicably run an extremely important and ambitious project splicing together animals to use as vessels for important enzymes and organ transplants on behalf of a huge pharmaceutical company. Clive and Elsa have never heard of the cautionary tale of Icarus as they fly way too close to the metaphorical sun, splice together some animal and human DNA, and create Dren, a human-bird-kangaroo-stingray-something-something hybrid that ages rapidly into a humanoid um, French supermodel. Uh, with really spaced apart. She has like eyes. built in stilettos too. Yeah. She wore stilettos on set all the time to make sure that she had the same posture as a kangaroo monster. Um, fun fact Clave tries to tell Dren so many, uh, sorry, Clive tries to kill Dren so, so many times, but Elsa serves as a thinly veiled metaphor for the dangers of childbirth and rearing said child and protects Dren. Uh, incessantly, uh, Dren eventually matures and then fucks Clive and then rapes Elsa and then impregnates Elsa. <laughs> Elsa, in the final scene, signs a contract. I know it, it happens really quickly. Signs a contract with her employer to allow them to study the abomination that's growing inside of her. It's a really fun movie for the whole family. <laughs> Thank you for those synopses. And uh, if our listeners can hear this, we're really sorry that we're apparently on the set of Apocalypse Now and there's a helicopter yeah. going around. So I can't even hear it. that. You couldn't hear it? I can't. No. Okay, okay good. good. Yeah, it's just hovering right around us. We're going to go Lost blow up some Viet Cong. criminals and <laughs> yeah, exactly. gangsters. I mean, it could be There's a high-speed chase going on. Uh, yeah, so, oh, yeah, they're just Those are our two movies about sentence. artificially intelligent killing machines that um, take revenge against their owners yep. um, or their creators. What are our, our categories? Yeah, so we're going to break them down uh, based on our typical Fox Force 5 categories, as Nick just said. (laughs) Uh, We use a rating scale of 1 to 7 on each of the five categories. Uh, We are going to be doing spectacularity, eye candy, originality, actoring, and legacy. And just to reiterate, uh, our 1 to 7 scale, 1 is lowest, 7 is highest, 4 is like average or neutral in between, and you kind of just go off in a spectrum from there. Let us start with Spectacularity, uh, Ex Machina. 
spectacularity is where we talk about the engagement level of the movie and whether you were distracted by runtime or weird things or if you were at the edge of your seat and really invested in the movie. Um, I, uh, Nick, why don't you start with Ex Machina spectacularity? Oh, man. I wish you said splice because you segued perfectly by saying weird things. True. Splice is well, just a we'll movie about really that. weird things. Ex Machina, on the other hand, is very well paced. Uh, just one example that I'm going to bring up because there's four of us and I know we're all going to talk about different things. One of my favorite parts about the pacing of Ex Machina, I gave it a six. I don't think it's like perfect um, because there might be some lulls for some people, but I think it's as close as it can you can get. Um, but one of my favorite things is Kyoko's involvement in the story. We, we were just talking about that before. Perfectly paced. I, I you think like, you can make like a whole podcast episode just on her and what's going yeah, on with her. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, it's, she is like such an engaging character because he explains very early on, like, oh yeah, you don't even speak English to her. It doesn't matter. And then you just learn silently more and more about her. And, um, Sonia, uh, Mizuno is so good as, as that character. And that's just, I think, a, a really good example of how like, truly excellent the pacing in Ex Machina is. You guys go ahead. I just want to be very specific. Um, Yeah. uh, I think you can start in terms of engagement with just the beginning and how fast you're thrown into the movie. Um, They waste like no time with Caleb's backstory and they use it to kind of progress the story in the middle where it could potentially slow down. Uh, like the beginning, it's literally just a little bit of him at his table, and then they put you right into the uh, deep th- forest or Alaska or wherever the hell that is. I think it's Shot like in a, it's a, yeah, it's oh, a it's hotel Norway. in Norway. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's like a real place you could stay. Yeah, awesome. Um, set design. Yeah, that's a whole other. I'm sure we'll get to that in that candy. Um, but for me, I gave this a seven. I have seen this sure. multiple times. And I like I literally had to put my note down notes down halfway through and was just watching it. Um, I wasn't worried about taking notes or doing anything. Just wanted to see what happens because every time I've watched this, you can focus on different things. Whether it's the like I wrote a contrast between nature and technology, um, like the isolation and kind of as they were talking about with. Uh, when a robot, I think they see black and white, and then when they're released into the world is when they become human, and there's this kind of, like, barrier between them trying to escape Yeah, I was wondering that. about the black and white scenes. And, you know, I don't fully understand it, like, a lot of things in this movie, and I think that's why it's so fun to talk about, to hear what other people get from it. But my point is, is that whether you're focusing on the character development or, you know, the visuals or anything, there's just so much to look or to learn from, from this movie. And, um, there's not a lot of wasted time for me. And you're watching two really smart people, um, talk about smart things, but also not in like, and like, they're not making you seem like an idiot. Yeah. Like they're not pretend, like, like great splice. Point. We'll talk about it. Like they literally, there's no hand you like an idiot. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no hand holding. So right. I, I just think they make a lot of really good choices in this movie, and a lot of it is just to make it a really enjoyable film to watch through, is it an hour and 40 minutes? Yeah, it's pretty short. It's Both of them are short. actually decent um, run length. Uh, but you don't feel the length at all. So, I mean, I, I gave this a seven. Yeah, well said. What about you, Carter? Yeah, I, um, so, like I said, I was watching this with my mom yesterday, and even just after the little dance uh, number that I, I love that Yoko and, uh, and Nathan have, my mom just laughs and turns to me and goes, 
that was spectacular. And I was like, well, funny you say that. So I gave it a seven. Did you break down the like category names I, and stuff? I like didn't, that? no, I didn't oh, do that okay. with her. She just turned and said that that's literally funny. just out of nothing. And I, and she was dying once I told her that's actually a category, but I give it a seven. Like I said, this is a, a top, possibly top five favorite movie for me. And it, it goes along similar lines where I just, I really feel like there's no wasted she- scene or, or shot. Every single part has an intention to it. Even the funny little dance number, like, yeah, it's fun, but it's meant to just, in, in my mind, it was meant to just show Nathan's, like, him just not caring and focus on Dom Hill Gleason's, like, just getting angrier and angrier at this guy who created conscious being and, yep. and isn't, uh, doesn't care at, at all about her. Um, and, and it's, you get thrown right in there. Like, I think it's like in the second session or maybe third, um, where she starts talking about how you shouldn't trust Nathan. And from the yeah. very beginning of their interactions, you're already starting to see uh, Don Hill Gleason being put in, Caleb being put in um, in position to, to have to choose kind of one or the other, you know, his CEO or this being that he's starting to wonder if she really has consciousness and is she just this caged rat, right? Yeah, the moral dilemma of it is something that de- definitely can hook you in and yeah. like make you actually invested in the characters. Yeah. That's a good point. And I mean, the, the music, every, it, like, yeah, the, the music is great. Audio is just the, and the, the way they slowly shoot some of the scenes, like, uh, when Ava at the end is opening all the mirrors and just, it's and just she's like so, carefully picking what type of person she's going to be. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so <clears throat> slow, but it's so fast at the same time. I think it's like the male gaze kind of thing with that. Um, yeah. With him looking through the mirror at her. That was an awesome scene. Yeah, it really was. That's a good point, though, that it's it's slow, but it's it, it hooks you when it's slow. You yeah. actually like, care. Every Everything is, is shot. So even their fight scene at the end, like it's not a hurried little like... You know, smash the arm, it's turn. Like it's kind of beautiful like, with the music and everything. Exa- yeah. And it, it no goes in way. with the night. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, no fucking way. Yeah, like it's unreal. So, yeah, I think uh, seven in my mind. Yeah, so I'm actually, I'm, I, I hear you with that. I think personally it's a seven. I think I'm taking a little bit more of an objective approach like Nick did um, it, with a six. I know that when I was in the theaters, I was really hooked. But I, But the times I've watched it, at home like I could see myself like picking up my phone especially with this like I, I took notes a lot I have seen this a lot of times so I was comfortable with it like I was even quoting it as it was going um, if you like Alex Gar- Alex Garland is so good at sound design and the show devs is really good with like headphones <laughs> yeah. because of the score and everything um, a couple things that I thought really hook you into the story spectacularity wise like engagement level one thing is there will always be like a character, a character will drop some like heavy line and then it just goes to black and says Ava session two or something or mm-hmm. Ava session three. And it feels like you're reading a book, like you're getting to the next chapter of this book. It's like a cliffhanger. Yeah, it's like a cliff and it like it hooks you in and you're like, oh, what's going to happen in this session? That's because the themes are going to be brought out. I like that Caleb's confusion and his like inquisitive nature is kind of like a guiding force for the movie. It like you know you're marching to like the drum beat of his way of looking at things when he's there yeah and when they throw the uh 
they throw in him being confused if he's he's yeah, which is a he's great real, scene. which is just like because something I never thought about. I didn't notice they give you cl- a clue early on. You know, he you see his back scars mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. he explains that he was in a car accident, and then you go, oh shit! Like maybe he is a robot with those back scars and the car accident. Maybe he did die in that or something. It reminds me a lot of Blade Runner in the way that it's paced, but I actually like the pacing more. I think Blade Runner is a pretty fucking boring movie. Uh, the original one, even if it's great and groundbreaking in any way. I agree. I agree. So I, I give it a six. Uh, let's move on to Splice uh, Spectacularity. Um, I, it, let's start with Clay and Carter. Uh, what did you guys think about like the engagement level of this movie? Seven. <laughs> yeah, that, honestly. No, no. I mean, you wouldn't be I, wrong. I, it is definitely so fucking bizarre and I weird. I gave that it a decent number. All right, I, let's hear yours. I, I gave it a five. Okay. Um, and that's because, you know, if you you have to kind of suspend your disbelief for a movie like this. Like, I think you have to go in, you know, knowing that it's a sci-fi and, and everything. And I was just on the edge of my seat the whole time. And I loved it. They made it, like, those last 30 minutes are so fucked up. Yeah, and they just—that's so an understatement. So what I love about it is that the the writer director they just pushed the chips all in. They were like, yeah. you know what? Yeah. If he's gonna have sex with her, then she's gonna rape him, uh, her. Like, you know, Dude, what I mean? like, then, they had. She's gonna oh well, if we're gonna have a rape scene, she's gonna be pregnant. Like it's just like I just love it. It was just they just threw thing after thing after thing. So maybe I wasn't watching it from the perspective of like I love this movie so much, but it was from the perspective of like. I, I mean, I gotta know. I gotta know. <laughs> no, I mean, that is like something we, whenever we watch bad movies, we always talk about like, like a, it's hard to give a one in spectacularity to like a bad movie mm-hmm. if it's well, especially so wild. Like, like this movie so really crazy. does. That's a great metaphor that they push in all the chips. And like, I think the director wanted even more chips. Like he was, <laughs> he was like yeah. pushing all of the yeah. chips pause like he was just getting bags of chips and pouring them in the middle of the table at he's first he's italian there's got to be something <laughs> to that he, um, he he wanted a longer <laughs> <laughs> he had a more like passionate love scene between clive and dren and they showed it to test audience. When she like when pins she, him to the no, wall. No, when she lifts his shirt up with her foot at that weird angle. Oh, I didn't even I notice that was her barf. foot. Was, <laughs> too much, dude. Gross, it was dude. supposed yeah. to be. It was longer. Like there are there are parts of that scene that are cut out because test audiences were like, nope, uh, uh-uh, uh, I can't do I mean, this. This it. is a, this is a movie where I was watching it by myself, and I put my shirt over my head and rolled to the other side of my bed, embarrassed as if someone <laughs> might know that I was watching this movie. Like, it was, there's so, so many scenes that are just so disgusting. I mean, I'll just, I, I yeah. gave it a three. Okay, so same with me. I would maybe give it a four for my first time because I was noticing I was trying to keep an open mind like Carter. Like, I was like, what the fuck, the whole movie? But it was to a point where I was like, where are they going with this? Because I kind of did forget. So it is my second time seeing it. <laughs> How did you forget? But because <laughs> it's like it's like the traumatic moments in your life. It's like yeah. you have a way of blocking it out. <laughs> you blocked it and out. You're, and you know that was like you know it's junior junior year high school. You know yeah. I, I'd only been getting high for so long. So, <laughs> you know I was still pretty new to the whole thing. Oh, so much and I couldn't handle this. And uh, there was some scenes like. Um, there's just so many things in the movie that I like made you had to like double take. Like they called their company nerd. 
Um, oh my which God. was like the laziest thing I've ever seen. I, I just, well, no, because then how else would we get the name Dren? Dren? <laughs> which is I put for one of my favorite scenes. Really. <laughs> oh my God, I hate that scene. And she just so looks much. at this. Yeah. yeah, and then like, oh, I mean, there's some of this like, I don't want to go into because it's a lot of it's like the character development. Mm-hmm. But part of the thing where the hand-holding was totally yeah. skipped over this. I realized I had to put subtitles on because I couldn't understand what anyone was saying in the beginning. Um, they were kind of talking really sh- like lightly, and they were saying just in the hospital just, like, room, enzymes yeah. and like all these. Like I was like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like like H fifty was the name of the Dren. And, well, they kept saying that, and I was what, like, aged fifty. She's like one yeah. years old. Well, and that's interesting because conversely, I thought that Ex Machina did such a good job when he starts talking about the brain, and he's like, oh, gel, like they made it such a futuristic thing that isn't real but it's really easy to comprehend it. and you can yeah. believe it yeah he's like an elon musk type person in the way that he talks about it like mm-hmm. he's not like overly pretentious he, he is an <laughs> the asshole best use of the word not dude. like overly pretentious dude, yes. about how he explains it <laughs> he uses dude expertly oh, the whole time the dude. Dude. dude meanwhile the splice like he, he goes i think she's fucking amazing and he's just like Dude. Dude. <laughs> Sorry. Clay, you actually brought up like a point. So I wrote in my notes that because I hadn't seen this movie, but I knew what happened, I'm watching the whole first half of this movie and seeing this disgusting creature and knowing Adrian Brody at some point is going <laughs> to fuck it. And I'm like... <laughs> What is going to happen? Like, I have to watch the rest to know. And then it kind of actually makes sense because they show the scene where he's having sex with his girlfriend and she's watching. And then she becomes, like, hypersexual because she's just, like, growing really quickly. But, like, (laughs) it's got a venomous stinger. It has signs of... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's You know, it's the same thing as, like, when we were in eighth grade. Uh, Okay, this thing has a venomous stinger. It's ugly as shit. It has signs of violence. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to fuck this yeah. thing. And she, like, so like fast, 14 too. to like 25. Oh, so she, quick. Wait, yeah, wait, you guys are forgetting. Change. It was his girlfriend's DNA. So yeah, obviously. That's true. <laughs> he, he sees it in the <laughs> eyes and he's he like, he sees it in the eyes and then he. And then he's like, oh, I know that my girlfriend is literally like a few steps away in the house and I could go fuck her, but like. This is right in front of me, and it's an I'm alien. really into like, this right now. And dude, like, intelligent. the movie, yeah. I don't know which one of you guys earlier said that the movie just treats you like you're a fucking idiot. But both of you guys, this yeah. Spectacular, dude, like, I gave it a four because, like Carter, like, it is hard to turn away from the train wreck that is this movie. The pacing's a little <laughs> weird, but there are some genuinely, like, horrific scenes like the birth yeah. scene, Dren's birth is oh. genuinely suspenseful, if caught. not, yeah, yeah, if not like completely like no, over the top. Ever. And like when uh, uh, Fred and Ginger, the two like little blobs, just like, <laughs> dude, I <laughs> just down, eviscerate like, I each laughed, other. The I laughed so hard. Yeah, that, that scene is so. <laughs> yeah, funny. dude. That is There's like a so really many good comedy scene with the crowd like freaking out and the blood. <laughs> they're all it, yeah, and it's just like and it's then like they explain four, it. Four like, straight well, they're going through like hormonal changes, and, and they're but like, dude, that that's the thing French is like actress or is that just a horrible, oh, a horrible French? French. I, I don't even like. Why is she French? Just fucking hire someone here. The because uh, because the silhouette of the last shot too with her oh like, god she's uh, holding her yeah dude I I wrote down in my notes like in all caps. She's pregnant, and then we get to the end, and she goes, what's the worst that could happen? 
And I'm like, bitch, you just saw the worst that could no, happen. No, no, no. That's a great throwback to a line in like the 20th minute. It was, it was really good. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, fuck. It was. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I like, what's the worst that could happen when, they, when she the, decides to put her DNA in there? Yeah, but then you know what the worst is. And then it's like... Why the, she lost? It's she, just like it's. Didn't give a shit about Adrian. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's just one of those movies where you you know that the worst thing ever is gonna happen, and you just watch these people make the dumbest mistakes and say the dumbest things, and like yeah. totally not see the writing on the wall, like at all. Like at one point, I think they say, "Oh no, no, she like why is she so violent? She doesn't have any like predator DNA." It's like, dude, it says right on that computer screen that you gave it bird DNA and stingray DNA and human Those are DNA. Both predators, dude. What are you talking humans. about? Humans are apex. Yeah, predators, we're apex man. predators, brah. It's just like, <laughs> but but hey, it is like a train wreck. movie for the funniest away. rape scene of all time. Oh, Whoa. what? Because he goes no. insane. Oh, okay. The line is And then, dude, the thing, it looks... I was not looks, laughing. <laughs> no, dude. I was looking up. Just, you just see her going up and Okay, up when and it shows up. her, it's not funny. Yeah, but when that's it shows not him, funny. it's immediately <laughs> yeah. fucking funny when you see Dren. No. Dude, I just want to say, I don't like Adrian Brody at all, and I will talk about that at length soon, but he was oh, interesting. very right about killing this thing at yeah. least seven times in the first 45 minutes yeah. i i stopped counting I mean, after that amphibious lungs dude really i know that was bite it's kind, that kind of reminded me of mcgruber when he's like you were wearing a vest <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah. uh, let's move on to the next category let's do uh, eye candy where we talk about all the visual elements of the movies uh we can start with splice um it doesn't splice, look that bad it doesn't, she doesn't that look bad. that There's bad. There's actually some really, really cool shots. It kind of feels like a Steven Soderbergh movie. Like, there are shots that remind me of, like, Soderbergh and, and Stanley Kubrick and, like, David Cronenberg, but, like, also B-movies. I, re- I really like the shots in the board meeting room with the French woman. Like, I think it's, like, really ominous and the lighting is done really well. Um, the, you mean the one when... <laughs> what? You mean the one? You mean the scene when Adrian Brody is wearing like a plaid oh, dude, I, suit with a t-shirt underneath? Here, his I'm, I wanted to fucking kill him for what he was wearing. Wait, what, the whole when he wears like the vest thing, yeah, not like, good. But then he like also dude. likes classical music and dances with her in that. They should have just put on He's like a, a punk rock jazz for that. slash like Led Zeppelin enthusiast. Yeah, really God. Most confusing character background. I know yeah, this is kind of yeah. random, but I almost lost it when it just did cutscenes of him like eating pizza while doing this, then eating Chinese food. It while was doing like that. really <laughs> standard food. Like it looked the like Brad fake Pitt, cross. The Brad yeah, eating. Uh, yeah, whatever is always eating food. Yeah, and the dude, pizza is, just didn't even look like a real pizza. I need to know. It like is is splicing together random animals like like a computer program that they wrote for like Windows ninety eight. Like, yeah, that's how. Like, that's the only thing that's aged really poorly is the technology, the technology. in this. I don't think the CGI is that bad, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. They had, but uh, honestly, like, yeah. I Am Legend came out the same time, or around the same time, and I we were talking about like I Am Legend CGI is like Terrible. really jarringly bad. Yeah, um, and it's all of the movie. Whereas this one, like, I didn't think Dren looked that stupid. Visually. So I thought for me, I gave it like a three borderline four. Yeah. I gave it a four. Um, some of the some of the lighting really bugged me. Like oh, it was insanely dark. Like these scientists were working in like a cave. Yeah. Like. Uh, 
when they were when they were first creating the lighting in the boardroom, I kind of liked it because it was kind of evil and ominous, like they were some terrible corporation. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I was just like, "Where is everybody? I can't see shit." Yeah, because they were like far away. Um, too. The creature is they're disgusting. Yeah, they're absolutely disgusting. The I don't blobs. Like at them. The girl has a giant canyon in the middle of her forehead. Yeah. And it's just like unsettling to look at. Yeah. That being said, the actual like costume and makeup, I thought it was good. Yeah. Because it makes it like this creepy, disturbing thriller, which is, I think, I'm hoping is what they were going for. I think it was like a horror thriller. Yeah. yeah. But so I don't think she was supposed to be pleasant to look at. But like, uh, I don't know. There's there's something about the visuals of this movie that I couldn't stand. Everything was way too dark for me. Yeah. I, I This is such a, this is a running theme in some of our episodes that there are a lot of people that just like really don't like dark movies. And I think that's like we had our, our guest Chris for um, There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men. And he was like the problems that he had with No Country for Old Men where it's really, really dark. Mm-hmm. But I like the dark scenes. They do work better in theaters. What do you think, Carter? For, uh, uh, I mean, I gave it a four. And that's because, you know, it's... The way it differentiates itself from Ex Machina is it's a little bit of a creature feature. Yeah. And so the fact, it's very rare that I watch a, like a kind of creature feature movie and am not distracted by how poorly animated <clears throat> the creatures or the CGI is. So I really did think they did a good job with that. But there was nothing spectacular um, about the rest of the movie that stood out to me. So I, I mean, I just thought it was straight down the average. average I, I gave it the... Yeah, I gave it the same score. And you gave it a three, Clay? I gave it a three. I gave it a And what about you, Nick? I, I gave it a four. I, the only thing that's... I mean, yeah, exactly what Carter said. Like, the, the way that Dren looks is fine until she becomes a he, and then it's, like, really stupid. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. To quote um, Adrian Brody, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what so I you got. Gave it, you gave it a four, Nick. Um, yeah. What about uh, Ex Machina? What did you give Ex Machina? Seven, hands down. Yeah. And yeah. and eye candy. I love that they use um <clears throat> they use they they like heavily feature red, blue, and green, which is like yeah. the 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 RBG. It's like a lot of like computer colors are derived from those three colors, which is kind of cool. The final shots that um, are inverted and mostly of shadows are um, kind of like they're kind of throwbacks to talking about mary's room that like philosophical allegory that caleb talks about and and it's yeah. kind of talking about the allegory of the cave as well mm-hmm. all those like inverted sh- allegory of the cave. yeah the inverted shadows that you're seeing and i just really love that those kind of final shots um another thing that uh, i read about that's really cool is uh when ava is lying they show her reflection and when she's being genuine they show her like face Wow. Oh my gosh! I, I didn't even notice that. That's really cool. Have to rewatch it. Have to watch it first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For that. Just yeah. Like, Whenever you're seeing her reflection, she is being deceitful. Yeah. And then there oh, are, wow, the, but there are moments where, and you can kind of think of them if you think about the movie. There are moments when she makes like a genuine facial reaction, and like, I mean, Alicia Vikander is so good in this, and you can like really like see that those are genuine moments but they also only really show her not in the reflection of the screen in between her and and caleb when she is telling the truth or being having a genuine reaction there's just like so much detail in the way that the movie is presented and 
so much purpose in the way that it looks besides one thing that I, I'm really waiting for a specific category to talk about uh, that I just think is like perfect. Uh, so I, I got seven and the way that Alicia, uh, the way that Ava looks is like beyond it's really amazing. cool design. Yeah. Beyond I, amazing um, that they were able to pull that off the way they did. Yeah. I gave it a seven as well. I think it's one of the most gorgeous uh, movies visually of the last, you know, from the last decade. Um, it's interesting, you know, like, uh, when you're talking about how dark Splice is, Alex Garland is so good at making very, very bright movies. Like, there, mm-hmm. there are scenes where it's almost, like, blindingly bright. Annihilation is ridiculous. Annihilation is like that when they're outside of the Shimmer, yeah. and then when they're inside, it's a little bit more, like, he gets... Sometimes, it like, it looks like it's bad quality, and then you notice that it's all purposeful. Um, I like the chap... I'm, this is something really simple. I, I think I even brought it up on Hot Fuzz versus The Heat, but I really like like title cards and stuff, like location cards or something in a, in a movie. I think that the Ava Session 2 thing just looks really cool, and I like that they do the blank screen with that. Um, the hotels... I mean, it's like beautiful scenery. It's like yeah. an incredibly shot film for not that big of a budget. Um, they just happen to go to Norway where it's just gorgeous there. Um, the camera's really smooth. Rob Hardy is like a, an incredible uh, cinematographer. Um, what I really like is how, how they manage to make you feel so claustrophobic in the way that they frame the shots and the way that they show the inside of the building and like the production design of, I know that they used a real hotel, but the production design of like hallways and stuff was really cool for like making you feel trapped in there. And then when the red, like as you mentioned, Nick, when they do like the all, the all red whenever the power shutdown happens, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, dude, you've like hooked me into this movie with just one light taking yeah. over. So, uh, and, I, and I really like the shot of the, I know it's just a Jackson Pollock painting that is pretty, but like the shot that pans in on the Jackson Pollock painting is something that like I will think about for the entire movie. It's like that one shot I think frame, about. You want me to blow your mind? Nathan in it, it's really Yeah, cool. with the back yeah. of his head. Yeah, it's uh, really You want me to blow your mind one more time, Gabe? Or with the post-it notes. Like when they first show the post-it notes on the wall, it's gorgeous. What? That Jackson Pollock painting is, uh, is titled number five, and it was uh, damaged right after he painted it. So it had to be reworked several times, just like Ava. Oh. Wow. Yeah, you know what? I think they just Dumb. came up with that afterwards. Yeah. Dumb. <laughs> uh, no, that's like an guys? actual Pollock. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's hard to... It, it, won, it won the Oscar for Achievement in Visual Effects that year. Oh, it did? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was wondering if it got nominated for It anything. beat out uh, Force Awakens and like a bunch of other oh, high-budget movies. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. I yeah. love that. So, that's sick. Just an in, in incredible job, A, just creating Ava... I mean, um, yeah, that just, she moved, it was perfect for, it was just exactly like her consciousness. It was so human yet. It was so robotic, um, at the same time. And maybe, and, um, I really like something that stood out to me were some of these straight shots on, uh, Kyoko's faces. Yeah, yeah. I loved those scenes because when she's laying down and her eyes just open. Yeah, and you at that point you don't know if she's human, she's robot, whatever. But you're like suspecting she knows what's going on, and it's just it's telling of what's going on in the movie at that point. You know, like it's like big reveal, and then it shoots her 
and she just like opens her eyes and or it's like, like the that's... shot when she's cutting the fish and she turns slightly to listen to mm-hmm. them i like always think about that scene yeah that's a good point so i love the way that they um kind of just work the angle similar to i forget who said it but just the different shots that they had and the way that they use it you're either claustrophobic or they have the like they'll they had that uh scene where they're hiking and it's kind of the more expansive they're outdoors and the conversation that they chose to have out there where he reveals that hey yeah you weren't chosen for any reason and he lies to him but it's like it's like a hike. They're making him feel good. There's beautiful scenery. It's the perfect time for Nathan to kind of just like throw something under the rug. It's really cool how the water is like coming out of that glacier on the, or not a mm-hmm. glacier, but like that, um, that ice on the top. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Well said. What about you, Clay? Um, you I, I mean, usually? I think everyone's kind of said everything that needs to be said okay. to a certain extent. I mean, I, I gave it a six, but I don't really know why. I think I gave I was trying not to give it a perfect score, <laughs> and uh, but it's I it's got to be a seven. They do a lot with a little. Yeah. Um, they're basically in one setting the entire yeah. movie, um, and I think we already talked. I know Nick's talked about it too uh, the contrast between colors with uh, red and blue and green and like how they're using it to like initiate like you know deception and truth and you know technology versus you know natural order and all all these kind of things it's like taking the pressure out of the screenplay and you know relieving it with just like masterful cinematography and it's like it makes it so much more enjoyable to watch and easy to watch and just like it's amazing yeah and i think it's kitchen i just i couldn't look away yeah (laughs) yeah I actually think it's the lowest grossing best visual effects winner. Ever. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The you know budget what? and the and the uh, how much they gross from it is kind of frustrating. But they made they made a good amount in yeah. like home sales after it because they made yeah. like ten million extra on yeah. that. But uh, I actually another thing that I really like in this movie is it, it's really good use of security cam footage. I actually really like respect a movie when they use that effectively, and there are really cool scenes like. When Caleb is standing over Nathan, yeah. When the girl's like trying to get out, and they do that whole sequence is great. But then when he's standing over Nathan, and Nathan's really drunk on the ground, which is just great acting. Um, All right, so that was sevens all around for Ex Machina for Eye Candy. Let's move on to originality. Originality is where we talk about how creative the movie was, whether it stands out in the genre. like how how interesting the ideas were and then like whether the movie needed to be made especially if it's like based off of other things that we've seen in the past um nick do you want to get started with ex machina for originality yeah i could start with ex machina um i think that is a it's like pretty close to like a perfect original screenplay like the way that they use metaphor they allude to a lot of things the symbols are like all really subtle but there's a ton of sim uh symbology wombo wombology the study of wombo like there's a ton of like uh, like kyoko's story the reveal is like very simply put together in front of you and like you don't feel like you're being treated like a, a like an idiot the whole movie like it's it's just like i don't know i, I give it an a plus i gave it a seven like I, having, I could having seen this so many times i kind of forgot about the reveal of kyoko yeah, the like, way that I, it goes. I, yeah. Just now I'd seen it so many times, I just know she's mm-hmm. a, a robot, robot early on. And I yeah. just kind of forgot, like, 
because I was someone walked in, I was walking, and he was Phil was like, "Is that is she a robot too?" And I was just like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Wait, I realized that they don't really tell you that." I think every like I think they put it in there so that you know, like you kind of know that it might be, but like the reveal is still so well done. Yeah. In and it makes simplicity. it just makes yeah. Nathan into the way that they treat Nathan too. Like nothing is nothing is ham fisted in this movie. Everything is is done in a way that reveals itself slowly over time in a way that you don't feel like an idiot, but then is meaningful. Like, and, and one of those things is how sinister Nathan really is, is you're, you're not like overtly told that Nathan is like a, a sinister person who is, you know, a sociopath and, um, you know, has made all of these robots that he's given consciousness to and then abused. Uh, you just learn that in like a couple scenes then you're like, Oh crap. Yeah. Like, Dude, he's the worst. I mean, he does say some pretty awful things. So you know, hey, I, he's I, the the character writing for him. I think I, I'll I'll just save it for acting. Um, what did you guys think? Originality, Carter and Clay. I gave it. This is where I was stretching to not give it a perfect score. I was like, well, uh, you know, they have six. done things on AI before, so I'm gonna give it a six. Um, exactly. But, <laughs> yeah, I wrote that it was derivative, but yeah, it, it is. I mean, I. I gave it a six because it was, to me, when at the end, what ultimately it was about and why I thought it was so original was just like, it was, it would be so easy to take the path of like, they designed Ava to like have a crush, you know, like yeah. kind of like all of his problems in the middle of the movie where he's like, oh, she designed to have a crush on me. Did you program her to do this? But it's like, no, 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 no. Like we looked at how you were quote unquote programmed and designed her to be like that, but gave her consciousness. And like really Caleb was the test of it the whole time. And like that kind of plot twist, there's, like I said, there's just so much to think about. Like, yeah, like Caleb really being the test subject, like Nathan already pretty much knew that she had consciousness in my mind, but just wanted to throw someone in there to then fig, you know, like I, I hadn't seen anything like that before. It became no longer like the man creates, you know, machine or organism and organism kills machine. It was like just a whole other level. It's more about of, like the depth of humanity. Yeah. 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 And ingenuity. The, it turns yeah. it, it makes it like a character study. Almost yeah, like, mm -hmm. because I, I gave it a six two because of that. We've seen plenty of movies with AI, but I think this was the process of developing the AI, and also how they use like the Turing test, not so much to reveal character of the AI, but to reveal character of, of Caleb, Caleb. Yeah, which was yeah like, extremely original at, to me. I mean, I haven't seen anything mm -hmm. like it, and they executed everything around that so perfectly that. I gave it a six, but I could easily be convinced to a seven. Yeah. I feel like I, I learned totally. this because I talked with Nick after our last. He was like, I don't think I've ever really given a high score on originality because he's like, so many things are derivative of previous things. You know, and yeah. like AI has been around for a while, but I think mm -hmm. it's hard not to just acknowledge how they execute or tell that story that's already been told. It's like just such a good... Movie. It's what movie making is. You're yeah. remaking things that have already. Yeah, and it's just like the, such a good like philos like like you said a character study. It's a it's a uh, a philo very philosophical movie, but it doesn't hit you over the head with anything. And what you yeah. end up with is this movie that expertly uses what is already um, like a, a, a I guess like a, a an I like a test of consciousness, the Turing test. A, that's a red herring. 
the movie's yeah. not about a Turing test. Like like you mm-hmm. said, like he already knows that that Ava has consciousness. He's trying to see if Ava is basically human. And yeah. like what it the the answer is yes because she is willing to do whatever it takes to survive and use whatever she's got to to make that happen. And w- what does she have? She has you know the the a face that's a mashup of all of Caleb's favorite porn faces, and his pornography <laughs> profile, which I've yeah, never heard say. He's, yeah, he's got great Por- taste. My pornography, <laughs> dude, did you take my pornography profile? It's like, dude, what? <laughs> what, what is that? What is like that? A, <laughs> he has like a bitmoji uh, yeah. for his face on it too. Yeah, I, yeah, it's just kind of <laughs> like a table, a milking table, yeah. <laughs> and like me <laughs> watching it. Oh God! Um, rewatching it, I uh, like when he talks about when when Nathan talks about and he says, "Man, feel bad for yourself." Like AI is going to be way ahead of us, I, and it's because well, not this isn't. I don't know if this was intentional or not, but it's like he's watching this AI, the, his prototype that he doesn't even release yet. There aren't even you know just completely manipulate this poor guy yeah. and just like has no idea he, he's watching Caleb being like you have no idea like I created consciousness and now I'm watching it already manipulate you imagine version you know 10.0 and it, and it's dude, a really good scene when he does and it works his thing. like Nathan's plan works so well that Ava convinces Caleb like Ava, Ava is 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 uh, uh, deceitful enough to convince Caleb to be deceitful enough to fool Nathan, mm-hmm. because okay. he ends up like Nathan's like, "Ha ha, I got you! I I put this camera here," and he's like, "Actually, it doesn't matter because I already reprogrammed the security thing and it's already happened." Yeah, and so like that's his, a really cool reveal. Yeah, like his like Nathan's idea was so effective that it fooled him mm-hmm. yeah through, I, I don't really, I just think it's brilliant i don't need to add much to it. i was hovering between a six or a seven and after listening to all that i've gone to a seven i really i alex garland is um he he's like he admits that all, all of his movies and shows and stuff he doesn't take none of them are really original ideas he takes things that he's learned from other things and he's never claiming that they're original i do really like that beyond this we've gotten to a point where we've made all these like technological advancements and pioneered so many forms of technology and ai to the point where we are now slaves to our own technology and have to put our privacy at a point of disadvantage um, because of that. And, and so what I love about this movie that I think is so original, it's like exactly what Westworld wants to be. And Westworld yeah. at its peak in season one felt like this. The whole like question of like, have you ever questioned the nature of your reality is, is handled so well in this movie um, screenplay wise. And I, and I love how they relate it to our world, like our, our, our real world. Cause he says, you know, he hacked all the cell phones in the world and he's like, and the thing was the manufacturers were okay with it because they didn't want to admit that they had been doing it themselves. That's a great scene, that and like Amazon scene. has done that. They, we already yeah. know that. Um, the other thing that I really like about this, I think it's a really good Promethean tale and it's fucking hilarious that there is a moment where uh, Oscar or Nathan is like really drunk and he says he, he's reading from, like a Prometheus play or whatever. And he's like, it's fucking Promethean, man. 
And it is because Caleb fucking steals the fire. Well, like both of them are technically Prometheus, but like Caleb steals the fire from the god and he gets punished for it. And he's bound yeah. into that room it's, for um, eternity. It's also, it's also kind of just Frankenstein. Yeah. It's Frankenstein. Oh. It's like a mashup of Frankenstein and the Tempest is the actual yep. like plot. Um, yeah. Another thing, like, there's a lot of like Chekhov's guns in this yeah, that totally. I love. Like Spinning every every everywhere. single thing. Yeah, exactly. Like the the punching bag, him punching it. Oh. He punches him later. Like like they're like him using the weight is gonna be important. Like every object that you sh- that they show in this movie has intention, and that's really good screenwriting. So I'm gonna give it a seven. Absolutely sweet. Um, what, what about, about splice? Yeah, what about Splice originality? Uh, I give it, I'm just going to, very quickly, I'm a, I gave it a two. Um, it's, a, it's a weird metaphor for parenting. Cool. No, uh, it's, a, it's a heavy-handed metaphor for parenting. Yeah, exactly. But it, 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 is, it is a metaphor for parenting, and that's kind of it's like... It's so annoying. <laughs> is the changing of its gender... I actually have this question for everyone. Is the changing of its gender... And it being violent in the end, and them earlier saying that Ginger turned violent because it became a man. Is it just saying, like, men are just really violent and pillaging territorial beings? Because if so, true. But, yeah, is that I think that, dude, I think that if you have a question about Splice, and it's, like, the answer's probably just, like, yeah, duh. Because, like, (laughs) everything in the movie... Yeah, that's such a good point. Everything in the movie is so like spoon fed to you, like you're, like you're an actual like like infantile Wait, what uh, were they creature mashed up for a bunch of just saying things to that like they're just like oh this is gonna go over the audience's head anyways doesn't matter like for like they were talking about like oh no we need exime C three four six and we're gonna use the amidala gene and uh, then we'll get our gene CD three five six. And I'm like, where the fuck is this coming from? And what are we talking about? <laughs> what, it, what is the point of their it, study? Does anyone know? Their studies to cure um, like Alzheimer's and like Parkinson's to have them like be able to um, like cope with those diseases or have the body solve those issues. And yeah, like like Ginger and Fred are. <laughs> yeah. G- Ginger and Fred, Ginger and Fred are like they like make them so that they can like withdraw their genetic sequence and then like use the enzymes. Oh, suck to study on. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's like that whole like like you know they can like grow like a cow's liver outside of a cow in a mm-hmm. in a lab and then yeah. put that into the cow if the cow has liver failure i don't know that was a weird example Are they but supposed to be livers no i get it I mean, they kind of look. They look like really internal organ. That's yeah, for sure, but... dude. Yeah, what is the lighting in the like slug fuck pen? There's like uh, this lighting in there, and then at Ad- the beginning of the movie, and Adrian Brody puts his hand in there. He looks like a. He looks like a. But the lighting in there is arm oh, looks like all when like they're doing like the vascular and, and shit. Yeah, looks like a mannequin. Blue. Dude, and those things that they just had like they started the movie off with. From that little like Fred and Ginger's perspective, first off, Fred and Ginger that. are so, in- so inconsequential. Nice. Second off, they don't have fucking eyes. Yeah, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I hate. I really. <laughs> Dude, what a nauseating open like five opening I five hate minutes. It. Like I was, I felt. So Who invented that type of opening to a movie? It reminds like me of like. Oh, I hate it. Dude, the like heartbeat like you're being born focus. is. Yeah, oh, it's God. the worst. What did you guys think like originality wise? Uh, like, I gave it a three. three. I mean, I gave it a three. I don't know. 
you know, it's like, well, I don't know why not. I don't know if I've seen many other movies like this. Yeah. The metaphors are kind of stupid, but, you know, I just... I just think I, it's I uninspired. Like, it yeah. bothers... The, it. Nothing that's bothers me more than a movie that just beats you over the head with metaphors. And yeah. I think that's the biggest, that's con- like, yeah. contrast it, between these two movies. I gave it a two. Um, and, I mean, I just feel like it's like, man makes creature, creature kills man... It's like these are very different movies, but the same philosophy behind like Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, you know what I mean. Only Samuel didn't get raped by a shark, but oh damn, that's in the that that's been, in the bonus. Yeah, would have been hell of a it, it would be on the podcast if it had happened. <laughs> that's true. We gotta we gotta remake that movie and uh, do yeah. an episode on it. But you know, it is like it's like it is. A, I feel like I've seen this a bunch of times. Maybe it's not the human DNA. You know, in a human yeah. DNA, it's the shark DNA. It's a da 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 da. But it's been done. It's been, like and Jurassic it wasn't World. Any more spectacular. This happens in Jurassic World. They just create something like this, and then it gets out of hand. It's and there's just yeah. so many lines too. Like I don't know. We're gonna do actoring. I can get into it then. Yeah, let's, there's just uh, so let's many move things on I can rip to apart. Actoring then. Um, uh, so acting is a category that's like all encompassing with the performances. So how good were the actors in the movie? And then did the writer, uh, writers and directors give them the tools that they needed to act at their abilities, uh, at, at the best of their abilities? Um, yeah, I mean, let's start with Splice. Yes, please. I, I mean, I. it's funny that you said you don't like Adrian Brody. I actually, I when Adrian, Adrian Brody, Brody is good in movies, he's he's really fun to watch. Like... Cool. Wes Anderson movies, I really like him. Midnight in Paris. Midnight in Paris is, is Salvador Dali. He's so good in that. Uh, I mean, he's, again, yeah. he's, a, he's an Academy Award winner for Best Actor. Which is, so we were talking about this the other day on a Zoom call, and like he won The Pianist, and then he's talked at length afterwards, and he's like, that's just not like the type of role I would normally take. I just happened upon that. Because he like normally is in like really bad B-movies. Or like really weird like thrillers that you could find it like deep on Netflix after going to like the fifth page, um, and then uh, like he fuck you Adrian Brody <laughs> yeah fuck you no but I, I do really like him in the pianist I I, I mean he's in a, there but what about in this in movie, this movie yeah. <laughs> well, there are moments in this movie that I don't think he's that bad. Like, I think he's doing his best with what he's. Exactly. I think. That, yeah, but he's been given a bowl of dog shit. Though. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So I think that Adrian Brody, like, actually, there are moments where I think he, like, takes even a shitty script and does it well. I will tell you. What Sarah are those moments? Pauly, Sarah Pauly and David Hewlett, who's like their boss, sort of. You know how many movies you've seen with them? Probably zero because they're bad at acting and they clearly showed that in this movie. Sarah Polly is and like, she was in like no movies after this. Like she, she did this is, movie and she was like, you know what? I'm done. She's basically like a cheap. documentary. Is yeah. The, uh, what's it called? Um, that's escaping me right now. But is she, she made the one about her like father and like. Um, what the family she came from. I can't remember what oh. it was called. It was oh, really, it's really good, but um, Dude, it's like it. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I, I, I don't get it because, it, like, she's, like, basically, like, a knockoff version of Julianne Moore. And, like, there's a moment where she goes, Dren? Dren, honey? Oh like, the, way, the, script, the, the dialogue writing is really bad, but then she, like, sees them disgustingly eating an a rabbit and she goes oh Dren and then the next scene she walks in she goes bad Dren don't you ever do that again Dren you piece of shit Dren and then Dren turns around and she goes oh 
Tren, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, I'm what not, the fuck goes, is I'm not that? mad. I'm not I'm mad. Mind, lady. <laughs> it's yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> sorry. She's oh, a liar. Oh, she goes. That's, that's her. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dren, we need yeah, you. Dren, is, we love I you. I gave it a two. The, I gave it a two as well. Yeah. She is the most infuriating character I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Like, she is all over the map. I, her decisions make no sense. Um, I almost side with Adrian for fucking his little alien daughter yeah. when he's arguing with her because she's like, how could you? I'm like, you have been such a dumb ass. Yeah. Like, this whole movie. Yeah, he actually no win- he ends up winning that he argument. Because she's so like, sad. oh, wow, I just suck. You're right. Yeah. This is stupid. <laughs> it's, and, yeah. and it's so funny. The Man. Con- all the things are so awkward between the two of them. The, the characters of them being like punk rocks, like when, remember when he hears Dren whining through the, uh, the air vents and he's talking to his brother and his brother's like, what's that? And he's like, what do you mean? Turn it up. And turns up the Led Zeppelin. It's like, yeah. And like, does like a little like rock on thing to his uh, coworker. Yeah. And then it was just like, where are these people from? And what, oh, but I, all scientists that are like, oh, because they're listening. Rock? Yeah. And Dude, I just the characters in this movie. Man, are, that brother is like a really bad actor, and his V neck, unbelievable, is deep, it's so deep, <laughs> the deepest V neck I've ever seen. Like Unbelievably like deep like from V neck. An SNL sketch. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Where that's are the these problem with his from? acting. Dude, we how is it? Have we have an actor on the podcast with us right now? So I'd love for uh, Carter to break down the acting performances and the and, and if they were actually just hurt by the screenplay. Um. So. If we're talking about Slice, to start off, I gave it a three. Okay. Um, and I loved Adrian Brody's performance because I do think he didn't have a lot to work with. Yeah. And, I, but I, I also this. think there's part of uh, being in a movie like this is understanding the universe that you're going into. Uh, so knowing that it's like a horror thriller, I think it does change. You know, you're not going to do the same scene. You're not going to deliver the same lines as you would. You're not like a, overly dramatic or um, or like natural or something. Yeah. Like it's like an indie movie. Like you know? like horror movies are typically, like when you think about the acting in a horror movie, you typically think of like the god-awful like, ah, like, like oh, do you want to go in that dark little area over there? Sure. Yeah. You know, and you think, <laughs> Like what oh, they're making so fun stupid. of at the beginning of Scream with Ex- Drew Barrymore. Yeah. So, exactly. That's a good and, point. But the, here's the thing. They keep selling those movies, and that's because that's the world the horror film uh, latches onto. Right. And so, that's... I thought Adrian Brody was pretty hilarious in some of these scenes. Like, like just like some of the small things, like when he's chasing his brother, and he just, like, hits a twig or something, and he's like... <laughs> Just like keeps running. Dude, when she's eating the rabbit and he just goes, ugh. <laughs> and then like, like the zoom in, there is no good way to deliver a, what the fuck? When it like zooms in on him looking up at big Dren's ass nostrils big like, Dude, yeah. there's just no way. That being said, when you talk about, um, I absolutely agreed with Sarah Pauly. Like, I would think, so the goal of, like, I, I to me, the goal of acting is always to like, you know, they say, like, live in the truth of the moment, like, what's going on, feel those emotions, feel them for real, but never take away from the relation, the existing relationship you have with that person. For sure. And it's, like, the epitome of that, to me, was when she's cutting off Dre- Dren's tail, and she just decides to go, it's like, just so quickly. full, not caying about this thing anymore. Full, like, ultra-unethical like, scientist, like, like, just then. The yeah. previous scene... 
totally gives justice to her having the, she goes, oh man, like I have to cut off this tail. Like, absolutely, I totally agree. The previous couple scenes where she like, she sees that uh, Dren cares more about Adrian Brody, like has a crush or whatever it is, or and and isn't really giving her attention. It ought, it definitely gives uh, credit to Sarah Polly to start acting a little bit distant towards Dren, totally. and then have to cut that thing off. But not just full like you are now a science experiment. I loved you, and then two scenes later, to then be like, oh my god, what have I done? I cut, I maimed her. It's erratic. It's it's like erratic character writing. Yeah, indefensible. And so, yeah. And the, yeah. the thing is, is that I try and separate, like, especially having acted before, I try and separate the writing versus, like, the choices the actor makes. And maybe it's directing, but I really think she could have had a little bit more empathy in some scenes or a little bit anger, like, when Adrian Brody just cheated on her with their science experiment. And she, like, dis despite what you've done to me. And then, like, that was the only, in like, that was the only inclination that she's mad at him at all. Yeah. The rest of it is just like her talking about the science experiment. And like, dude, you just saw your boyfriend fuck someone else. You are more, you are still angry at him. Like, you don't get to completely excuse that. Yeah, totally fair point. Um, what, what did you give it for acting? You gave it a I three. I gave it a three. What did, what did you give it, Nick? I, I don't know. I gave I it a that. two because I can't overlook how stupid it is. Like, it's yeah. just written in such a way that it's like, there are so many just head slap scenes. Like at one point, they go, yeah, let's just like forego the dog and pony show. And they go, oh, let's splice a dog and a pony. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, do you? I, like yeah, there, there are moments actually, like Adrian Brody refers to his little brother as little brother multiple times. And I'm like, yeah. that's just not how people talk to yeah. each other. Dude, and you guys what, are both what kind of an yeah, what kind of an insane situation? Like one of you guys was just talking about this. Who like this incredibly influential experiment, one of a kind breakthrough in science is run by Adrian Brody, who at one point shows up to a very important meeting wearing plaid pants, a black blazer, and a shirt under that blazer that says bring nothing to the table which is pretty much like summarizes what he does in this movie so adrian brody his girlfriend and adrian brody's brother those are the only three scientists working on this project for like this huge major corporation the whole there thing were is like just others i guess but still even that lab was pretty minimal for the whole thing like the writing yeah. the way that the actors are directed you know they, like like Adrian Brody has talent. The the chick that plays Dren gives a really good performance physically for as what she's doing, yeah. for what she's you know handed. But there's so many choices in it that I just can't. Whether it be by the director, or the writer, or Sarah Pauly, like there are just so many choices that I cannot like be what okay your with. Your score, Clay. Sorry, you. Uh, two. Yeah, and then. Yeah, uh, Carter. Yeah, I give it a three, but I just wanted to point out the highlight of Adrian Brody's face after getting caught red-handed. Oh, it's it's fucking hilarious. Is yeah. the best because it's like it really did, but it was like, oh shit, I got caught, and how do I explain? He this seemed to enjoy that sex just... a lot more than when they were banging on the couch. That's for sure. D he Dude. was like so checked out in the sex scene he on the couch. He was looking that's at such the little a good creature. I, yeah. I wrote he was notes like Ooh. on that sex scene and was like. Even the sex scenes with regular people are, are just <laughs> yeah. terrible. 
That yeah. scene was awful. I All right, what's uh, let's actually move on to Ex Machina actoring. Um, I don't have a lot to say. I, I didn't give it a seven, though I could be convinced to go to a seven. I think Alicia Vikander is really good, and I think this is the movie she should have been nominated for and not mm-hmm. The Danish Girl, which she won for. And, um, I think it was the same year. Um, or I, either way, I just thought, like, Ex Machina, she should have been, uh, her performance should have been appreciated. Um the scene when she when she asks what will happen to her if she fails is really really good acting. Like why is it, why is anyone deciding that? Mm-hmm. Um, is great. I I love Donald Gleason, but I don't necessarily think he's like the best actor. He's just he's he's in a lot of movies because he's he's never bad. Um, uh, Star Wars maybe. Um, they establish how pathetic he is like immediately. And I think it's like really, really good character writing to understand. Like you fully understand the character Caleb and it, and it is fleshed out over the course of the movie. Um, but the main person, I mean, if I had one big, big performance in this, it's not even Alicia Vikander. I think Oscar Isaac is like incredible at every level of this movie. He's so bizarre and mean and you could just, you really get a sense of his loneliness and his alcoholism and his God complex. And how his God complex is like, he fucking hates himself for being smarter than everyone. He says that line to Caleb or whatever. He's like, I know what it's like to be the smartest person in the room, or, or that's what you feel like. But he's like, that's like times a million for him. Um, and he's really proud to be this God and he's cocky about it but he's also so ashamed of it and he drinks himself you know numb over it but he's just also hilarious like the who are you gonna call he's like well i i don't who are you gonna call ghostbusters who are you gonna call ghostbusters like the movie dude <laughs> it's a it's movie like, dude <laughs> it's some of the best drunk acting i actually wonder if he was drunk like the atomic bomb quote he's like yeah i know dude i know it was oppenheimer <laughs> yeah. dude yeah <laughs> I just like he he's like, Hey man, like I don't wanna turn this into a seminar or anything. Let's just have a fucking beer and like talk about something. It's really like you could tell how socially awkward even that is. He's he's trying to be this broy cool guy, but he's a he's a nerd and he's a lonely, angry nerd. And it's great. So I I gave it a six out of seven. I could be convinced for a seven. I don't think anything that like there's no like Daniel Day Lewis or like Christian Bale performance that puts it over the edge to a perfect score, but I'm gonna convince you to keep it at a six because okay. I don't like Dom Al Gleason and I'll just say it right now. I you don't, don't think like him at all, like as an actor. Not really. I think he's always the same person. He's either no. like excited but subdued or subdued but excited. Like he is oh, always yeah, actually, one okay. of those two things. <laughs> wow, that is that is very accurate. <laughs> I mean, always only one is Star Wars, which always. is so different. Always, everything he's in. Star- yeah, but in that he's yeah. like a joke. He's so bad in Star Wars. He's like a he's, he's like a court jester in that movie. He just look like it's. It, you're right, Nick, because all of his performances are similar. But then he did Star Wars, and the reason why his character doesn't work in Star Wars is because it's so unlike his other characters <laughs> yeah. that it looks like he's like a little boy in a suit trying to like go to a business. So meeting. true. Like, I, I have I have issues <laughs> with Domal Gleason. I don't think that he distracts from this movie, but he is the reason that this is not a seven because I think Oscar oh, Isaac and Alicia I actually thought like, he did his role perfectly. Yeah. So I think he could have done better. That you could have. That leads perfectly. He because um, <laughs> I gave this a seven, okay. and like it was like first off, yes, 
Alicia Vikander. I mean, the way she you it's so believable that she's a robot, but so believable that she has consciousness. It's like, how do you walk that line? And I think she did it so well. Yeah. Uh, second, Oscar Isaac did absolutely. That was like my top note. Is like I, Oscar Isaac steals the show, man. He's, He's so eccentric. So good. When he just like lies down in his bed, all sweaty. I'm just like, God, what a fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, he has so many lines. Dude, I, and and then I mean, even um, now her name's escape, escape me, but Kyoko. Shinoya Mizuno. Shinoya yeah. Mizuno. She's good. She did, it was a phenomenal. But you should Don watch uh, Deb. She's the lead actress in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Donho Gleeson, I think he played his role perfectly, and that's because I think his entire role was just to show the juxtaposition between uh, Ava and um, Nathan and make you kind of start to choose sides. Yeah. And I think he did that perfectly. Like, like with the 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 um, when Kyoko spills the wine and he's like, I think she can tell that you're like mad. Like you can just see everything on his face. And I think the way that he's constantly evaluating Nathan and he's constantly evaluating uh, Ava, it makes you put your focus on the other person. Like my focus was never on uh, Donald Gleason whatsoever. Um, That's because he's immensely forgettable. I don't. I actually I don't agree pushed, with this. I think it pushed for the ultimate ending being so like you can't have this person that's forcing you to focus on the other people because he's judging yeah. them, making you judge them, and then have this whole clusterfuck ending where you don't know what just happened. Like that. That to me was what his role was. It wasn't as hard of a task as being like the eccentric CEO or being the uh, being the AI, but it was just as if not more vital and he did it he was up to the task and did a great job at it yeah i i completely agree with that i gave a seven i think that i could understand that you think dom hall gleason is similar in all of these roles um but if you look at it with just within this movie it's perfectly played in this movie um i think all of his little micro expressions when he's communicating with um uh uh I'm blanking on her name right now. Ava? In the movie. Ava. Ava. Uh, are like perfectly done. I think the way he accepts the projections of Nathan um, when they're trying to expedite the process of getting to know each other are perfectly played out. Um, like their dynamic between those two characters is immediately on edge and off putting and kind of puts you into this like uneasy, like, not aware of what's going to happen and uncomfortable right off the bat. Um, I think that there's only so much you can say about Alicia Vikander because there's nothing you can really critique her on. Um, I think she's like perfect. Same with Sonoya Mizuno. She's easily, I know we'll talk about this later, six man. Like she's just absolutely killer. She dominates like all the scenes that she's in. Um, But when it comes to Caleb, like uh, I think what, what I was writing down, um, there's one part when like he's when he's talking about is actually I think the scene you guys did at the beginning of this when he's talking about that he has these little like wry smiles and stuff that are you can tell he's uncomfortable but he also plays that he's trying to play you know as the dominant species or being in this in this thing and it, there's so many little tiny things that he does in this movie that I think work perfectly and he's also a guy that his arrogance or his naive, naivety makes you root for him right yeah. out of the beginning because he is like an intelligent, yeah, like incredibly intelligent person. And he, you see how he deflects that on Nathan. 
And then when it comes to Nathan, it's like the best ego study of a character ever. Like there's so much ego going through him. And I read um, an article um, online about the ego, how big of a role ego plays in this, whether it's ego of like a male driven, like um, kind of career uh, based career. And then also the ego and why he drinks is more because he's this incredibly gifted um, programmer who now yeah. realizes that he yep. is no longer needed in this world. Like he's this being that he's created or as something he didn't even purposely create um, uh, is now smarter than him. And he is like literally inept in this yep. world. And I just say he obviously kills it. But I think that uh, since the kind of the arguing point here is Donald Gleason, I think that when you look at his career, he's underwhelming. But I think in this movie it works perfectly, and it's yeah, I'm with you there. I would no, agree. I think so. I think that's why I give a seven. I actually, I and I out. even think he has some range within the movie. I think the scene when he, when, when Oscar Isaac or Nathan is really sitting him down and explaining why he's a fucking cuck, essentially, like <laughs> he, like he took his pornography profile or whatever. But like yeah. the scene when he's just staring straight ahead. And he's accepting it, and he goes, "That would be unless I had already, you know, changed the security clearance." You. You're like, that is. I was surprised. And um, one thing I like about his character, I really like movies like this and Sicario, where you are almost at the same. You're not ahead of the lead character in terms of understanding what the hell is going on. They put you in that moment of like, yeah. or that that perspective of confusion and I think he nails it. I don't I don't think he's the best actor out there and I, I think I, I agree with Nick overall for his career, but he he kills it. I'm giving it a six just because I don't think there's like something that like truly blows me away, but it's an incredible uh, four way performance um, in this, yeah, including like, Sonoya. Yeah, so there's four actors in this yeah. whole movie. Yeah. It's like the Carnage movie. Yeah, it's like it relies so much oh, I on love these, that. like that's a good Roman Polanski movie. Yeah. That it's like if one of them really doesn't work, the whole movie doesn't work. I it, and and it comes down to even like small performances. And that like helicopter this, pilot uh, kills yeah. it though. He yeah. almost made my fifth off. I really wanted to know what he was going to say. I really wanted to know what he says to Ava when she shows up in that like hot ass dress. To I mean, she must just be like, like, like boyoyoing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, she right, must have just like seduced him. It off, actually. <laughs> what does she say to him? You think? Uh, I have no. She's like, she hi. The shit out of I that was idiot. just. I was inside. I'll give you a hand job if you take me into town, Jesus so I can Christ. see a traffic intersection. How does she know what a hand job is? <laughs> yeah, that's a me too moment. <laughs> Um, all right, let's move on to our last category, legacy, where we talk about the lasting imprint that these movies have on people um, and the history of movies and uh, how people responded to it when it came out, too, and, and how it's grown for you over time. Let's start with Splice, since it's obviously the worst movie. Sorry to everyone, we're, we're spoiling that <laughs> that's the case. I disagree. Um, <laughs> I actually give it a four. And I'm I'm questioning this, but <laughs> as you should. It so here's here's why I'm doing this, and I, I I'm every time I do legacy, I kind of change up the way that I'm doing it, whether it's subjective or objective. Um, it has a 66 on Metacritic, which is really yeah, good, and mind. a and a 76 certified fresh rating on on Rotten Tomatoes. Obviously, four, audience. Roger Ebert too. Yeah, three out of four, Roger Ebert. Like, Obviously, audiences didn't like it as much. 
Um, it lost three million in theaters, so that's not very good. Um, considering during that time, like movies were making a lot of money off a thirty million dollar budget, which is just crazy that it had a higher budget than like Ex double. Machina. No, Ex Machina is like twenty million, I think. Okay, well, close enough. But yeah, I mean, it's a lot, and but it made it made eight million in home sales. It was a well hated movie, like any time it's mentioned, but it is discussed often. It's one of those movies that's like. Have you seen Splice? And someone will like start talking about how absurd it is. And I think it's just like this movie's not going away. And there are a lot of fucking bad thrillers on Netflix. Like if you go on Netflix and do thrillers and you get past the first page, you start being like, who the fuck has seen these movies? And Splice is one of those ones that like will be talked about more than those other ones. It's so really it's average funny. for me. Yeah, it's really funny that you say that because I, I just made fun of you and I was like, as you should, rethink it. And I looked down and I was like, oh shit, I gave it a five. It's for the same exact reason. <laughs> That's above that, like, average. That, yeah, because <laughs> how many movies have Clay and I referenced over the year? I've talked to him about that probably like, between the time that he saw it and I saw it, probably like ten times. Yeah, and you guys like, have definitely have discussed, discussed it often. that a movie that often. Totally now, what I will say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm people are going to talk about this episode for a, years. It one hundred percent leaves you with a like, what the fuck did I just watch? And like, someone will see see like a fucked up movie and be like, oh man, dude, I can't believe I watched that. And, I was, and I'd be like, well, have you seen Splice? Because I can outdo you, type of thing. And so like. Granted, that's not a great legacy, but it is a legacy, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's there. It's how it totally be agree. talked about. It's not like how well will it be talked about. That's, no, I mean, it's got a huge cult it. following. These are all arbitrary ratings. So uh, that's Splice has like a legit you? cult I, following. I, I totally I, agree with the five. I gave it a three. I gave it three. Okay. Low average. You're wrong. I think, uh, most people I talk to about it, they're like, oh, uh, yeah, fucked up. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it's not that it's not fucked that, up. Yeah, it has the grand. Dude, it, what do you mean it's not really that fucked up? No, 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 no. Dude, I've seen so many more fucked up movies in Splice. When I when you guys explained this to me, I hadn't seen this. This is the first time. When you explained it, I was like, oh, like Hills Have Eyes, like disgusting. Okay, that is another level of rape. They need a mutant rapist, and there's like a weird bestiality slash incestual sex scenes in it. It's yeah, basically like, she fucked herself. Disgusting. That's yeah. pretty weird, Gabe. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm just okay, saying like it's way, not like the way, weirdest movie. That, I mean, in the lost, pantheon of weirdness, it's not like Zeus. I still don't. I Your average moviegoer has not seen this movie. Yeah, that's true. It lost three, $3 million on a $30 million budget. Yeah. And it doesn't look like a $30 million budget movie i don't i don't mean like I, it doesn't look bad but this the cgi bad, is good but for, i'm just like i don't i don't see it being an above average legacy movie i don't know i i think clay has the best opinion about this right now but i think uh it it, it i i'm at an average like a little bit in between these but i think that you guys are both fair to giving uh giving it a five because of the conversation yeah i think clay is doing it in like Normal like, human. Yeah, like normal, like, like, like actually objective. Like, was this movie good? Is this gonna like last in film history? Like, 
are like film buffs going to talk about this? And I, I don't know, but I, people are still talking about it. I mean, and it's been like 11 We're doing a podcast hours. on it. Yeah, exactly. So are we doing a podcast on the average? We movie? found Roger's uh, kinks, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. It's a three out of four. Nick, do you have any last points for Legacy for uh, Splice? Uh, I mean, in the genre of like cringy horror movies, uh, it definitely is one of the ones that people seem to for some reason latch on to it has yeah. a cult following it has those ratings that you cited like like people just like are, i don't know there are there are people that like this movie i read a review from one of them and i was like okay sure i think that you have to uh it takes a certain type of person that like maybe uh, like frequented hot topic in high school and or has like a lip piercing <laughs> yeah. and that type of person really loves this movie. They're like Adrian Brody's my fucking hero in this movie. Yeah, that uh, kind of person. Yeah. Well, yeah. Nick, what, so Nick, what did you think about the legacy of Ex Machina? Uh, I gave it a six. It won the visual effect category over movies that legitimately had 10 times the budget. Yeah. It had a $15 million budget, and it beat Force Awakens, with, which had a $150 million plus budget. Like, People love the movie, but I think they also overlook it, and that's why I'm giving it a 6 and not a 7. Yeah, I'm actually I'm hovering between a 5 and a 6, uh, just being like realistic about what the legacy of this movie is. Um, A24 made it, which is, I just, it's one of yeah, those ones that you don't even remember so that that good. was, yeah, this was so like before... Good. Yeah, so we just did um, like like 8th Grade and Lady Bird, which are both A20. Yeah, it's going to be good. So I said it was like when we, were, when we were younger and we would go to a theater and we'd see like an indie drama or something, and, and it said focus features yeah. before, we were like, oh shit, this movie's going to be really good. And now A24 is killing it in like horror and everything. Um, it did do decently for an indie movie. Um, it wasn't like we saw it at an AMC, but it wasn't like that wide of a release. Um, it made 38 million off of a $25 million budget and then like 10 million in home sales. And that's, you know, like that's dwindling now, but that was like at a time when it was still big. Um, this made Alex Garland into this like really sought after science fiction director because he had been like a really big, uh, screenwriter. He did 28 weeks later. Uh, he wrote the beach, um, he did Sunshine, the Danny Boyle movie. Yeah. Um, he, I, but he is such a good director, and he got Annihilation from this, and then he got Devs, and I think he's getting a lot of free reign yeah. over his projects because of what he did with this. Um, Alicia Vikander became like a household name after that. Like I, no one really knew who she was before. Then she won an Oscar for the Danish Girl, but like. I, I will say her and her boy Michael Fassbender they have they've just destroyed their careers so just like <laughs> they went from like the most sought after yeah. actors really good projects really careful with everything to just like now having Honestly, really bad IMDb's Oscar Isaac when I saw this guy in the beginning I was like this guy's gonna Isaac? win Oscar Isaac sorry. Yeah. that's a <laughs> there are two A's all right there are two A's, A's. I'd be funny to say that. <laughs> no, he. Um, but like Runs Oscar Isaac is still killing it. He is, but he makes some strange choices. Yeah. And at the same time, I was like, this guy's going to be nominated for Academy Award like every couple of years. Yeah, and it's kind of weird that he. It, but he's still that underappreciated actor. Like yeah. Inside Lewin Davis, he should have been nominated for yeah. a Most Violent Year. Um, the Most Violent Year was a little underwhelming for me. It was, was underwhelming, like but Jessica he Chastain was good. And him at I their know. peaks. And, and uh, Christopher Abbott. Um, but anyways, yeah. 
Legacy, I did a five. Because more people need to see this. Than I have. actually had to re-watch it to like it. Like, I, when we saw it in theaters, I, I was, like, in a weird mood that day, and I was really hungover, and we all saw it, and I walked out, and everyone was like, that was really cool, that was so unique, and I was like, yeah, it was unique, but it was kind of weird, and, like, didn't work for me, and then I rewatched it, and I'm like, oh, this is, like, a masterpiece, working. almost, yeah. <laughs> Watching this movie hungover for the first time sounds like an actual nightmare. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about doing it, and taking an edible and, and, and watching it oh, last God. night, and I, edibles just don't work for me, so I said no. Uh, <laughs> I so I gave it a five two, which oh, is interesting because right. I gave it the same thing as Splice, but I think for completely opposite reasons. Yeah. Splice is a movie that no one should see, but a lot of people have. <laughs> whereas Ex Machina is a movie where everyone should see, but not a lot of people have. And yeah. it, like I think it would be, you know, would be higher rated if it had a bigger following. But at the same time, it's hard to say that and this is a problem with the genre, I guess, is that sci-fis will stand the test of time. Uh, like, if you look at Blade Runner... It's, it feels outdated now. It's, yeah. Like, I watch it, and as, like, a first-time viewer and watching it so much later, so, it is so hard, and, like, you're just like, ooh, these special effects suck. Like, it's, like, literally, space, like... But it was, it, was mind-blowing when it came out. Right, yeah. and, but that's what I'm saying. And so this will have... I think this would be a test of time of, like, oh, yeah, I won an Oscar for Best Visual Effects, and... And, like, it's a really interesting, neat idea. But when you talk about legacy, sci-fi is just such a hard one to have because we may have AI in the future. And it could be nothing like, it could be like, wow, what yeah. a joke of, like, them thinking it would be this gel. So you like, know what I mean? That's actually Little a good robot. point. So, so it was, yeah. it's really I, hard for me to give it a seven. I do think that the conversation is going to be there. I think that people, we could all sit down for hours just trying to, like, decipher what's going on with Kyoko in every scene. And I think that's, like... This will be a good conversation topic for a while. What do you think? You gave it a six, right? So you yep. said? Yep. Yes, yeah. sir. All right. Well, uh, have you added these up? I did. Oh, sweet. In our good, first, good ever, uh, first ever four-man podcast, yeah. which uh, would give us a max score of 140. Okay. Um, Ex Machina wins 127 to 67. <laughs> Oh, my, it doubled the score? Uh, almost. Well, like almost, right. almost. Like, it, it, that is pretty bad. No, I'm, I'm bad at math. We've, we've discussed this a lot. Yeah, I think it gets to 67. It's like, what is it, the math section, normally we try to edit it out. <laughs> All right, so congratulations to Ex Machina and uh, Yay, go to hell. Splice. Sounds here. Yeah, I actually kind of thought that Ex Machina was going to get a perfect score from Carter and close to a perfect score from Clay. I had to try. I, I was pretty I close. Legacy, I knew it wasn't going to, but... I, I wanted to give it a perfect score for um, originality, but it was the first one that I started doing where I was like, okay, I'm three seconds. Maybe I'd be, yeah, strict. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we'll have you on for more. Let's do an accolade section here where we yes, give sir. out awards to these movies. Um, pretty fun section. Let's start with MVP. Like, who won these movies overall? Clay. Alex Garland. Alex Garland, okay. Uh, the guy's so smart. Yeah. And he's, like, also just a gifted, like, storyteller. Yeah, he did like, really make that it's movie. It's one thing to, like, be... I would say some of these other guys... Do you um, remember the trailer for this movie? I remember watching Ex Machina, the trailer, and I was like, holy shit, this looks like a, a scary movie, but it could be, like, something like Splice. Or, like, it looked like it could be corny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that um, he made it so well, much... Also, those, these, these it's actors not even a were horror. not as known then. Yeah, that's true. I, I said the same thing, and it's just those... Like, yes, the acting was just absolutely fucking phenomenal. 
But again, the way they shot it, the slow shots, the shots on yeah. Kyoko, like you're just so pulled in by the cinematography and the shots and the way the story is told. Yeah. And as what anyone, you know, as well as they acted, Alex Garland was, it, it wouldn't have happened without that. Artificial picture. intelligence won these movies. Uh, I say life it finds a way, dude. Oh, really? Because in the end, she f- fucking escapes. Ava escapes. And in the end of Splice, yeah. you know, it raped that girl. And now she but has like pregnant, a pregnant. So exactly. Life, life, finds a way. life oh, yeah, found a way. Life. You, oh, so you, can say, you mean like life, <laughs> yeah. like, like we're life. including AI as life? Yeah, Ava is alive. Yeah. Okay. She's True, baby. All right. Elv- All right. She's then my, awesome, my least valuable player is man. Man. Mankind is it, yeah, it I was lost. Saying, my, mankind or scientists or just Sarah Polly. Yes. God, Sarah Polly God is complexes. bad. She is she's really horrible, bad in that dude. movie. Yeah. Uh, God Complex is the least valuable player for me. Yeah. You hear that, everybody? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gabe. What about you, Carter? Least yeah, valuable Gabe. player uh, has to be, I mean... I think the cat that Dren kills. Oh, oh yeah, dude, the cat got so loved and then fucking killed. really broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, and it's really honestly it was so pet, cute. Pet, I didn't want to wa- at first when she first grabs it. I'm like, no, I don't want to watch this. You guys don't need to show she us. Did he just show. ate a rabbit yeah. right before that? And yeah. then is, and then they dangle it in front of you like, oh, maybe she's like good. And so then I guess they it's kill really the cat. Sarah Polly for giving. Yeah, Jen. yeah. fuck Sarah Polly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you guys? What is your all-star team like? Pick five performances, and this is admittedly this very really difficult because there are because four, four performances, and they all get yeah. it. So yeah, they're all in the all-star. I agree. And then the other one, I said probably Dren, the the girl that plays Dren. <laughs> I did Adrian Brody, but yeah. um, I was thinking Adrian Brody, but then that was right before he fucked the alien that's his daughter, <laughs> and um, so I I'm gonna give it to just Dren because I think she. I mean, she she acted that out fairly well. It's kind of an Andy Circus yeah. performance. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely good. She's like weird and like in the corner and stuff, and like moving her eyes. What about you, Carter? Uh, I mean, like I said earlier, the the subtleties of Adrian Brody yeah. just ow ow <laughs> like running through, the, and then and then his face when he gets caught, just like I I paused it, I paused it, and like was like, this is fucking great. This is when you know everything. You've built up in your Jesus life is just yeah. when you know that you're no longer the pianist and you are now <laughs> Nick, what is yours yeah it's oscar isaac vikander sonia mizuno uh Domal gleason i guess and uh delphine cheniak okay. i think is um, your last who's name. your sixth man nick uh the person who did the most with the least sonia mizuno we are yeah, so I I did Sonoya Mizuno as well. Yeah, I think we all. I or mean, the I, helicopter pilot. Helicopter pilot. Are you kidding me? You've been flying over it for the last two hours. <laughs> the, the helicopter pilot. Wow. Is, Line uh, reading. That's it, everybody. Acting. <laughs> Acting. <laughs> the helicopter pilot was my LVP because that was the only time in freaking uh, uh, the entire Ex Machina that I was just like. This Why is this happening? Yeah. Like, this doesn't Ooh. apply to anything. It's, it's I mean, so it, you or definitely the girl need that comes someone... behind Caleb and gives him a hug right before that. Oh my god! Well, or, just... or the French woman in uh, Oh God in Splice. She's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So who is your um, comeback player of the year? The performance that grew on you over time. Mine Dude. is Damo Gleeson, yeah. um, and it's for very similar, probably reasons where I started out where he wasn't. I mean, he just is like. 
so excited but uncomfortable and like I really didn't like when they were and this is the only negative things I can say about Ex Machina but it's like when they when he like shows them the room and it's like dude if this is your CEO and he shows you your bedroom in his house you don't have some uncomfortable face you're yeah. like oh you're just really this not, is cool yeah. and it could it should have been in my opinion left up to um, left up to uh, Oscar Isaac to be like you don't really think that like. He, he could have portrayed that he was excited and the audience could have said that and, and thought that. And then Oscar Isaac should have been left up to like... That's to really like, a good point. No, you don't mean that. There's no windows, you fucking psychopath. Yeah. And I just really didn't like how he wore it on his face that he was not excited. And then it, But then I loved him after yeah, that. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of hovering between Gleason and Mizuno because I think for Gleason, it's more like I've always liked Donald Gleason, but I don't think he's like that tremendous of an actor. And now I'm like... Especially with your the way that you guys broke down his performance, like I really enjoy it. I think he does a lot more than the average actor could have done in that specific role. Um, but Mizuno is like now that I've seen Maniac and seen Devs, where she actually plays characters and isn't like quiet. You know, she's in Annihilation as the like dancing um, alien. Yeah, but she's also a student at the beginning. But like. She's so good in Maniac. She's hilarious Are in that her role. Alex Garland, like what? What's the? I don't know. Of? I think it's, she's his like muse or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I'm hovering between both of them because I because every time I rewatch this movie, I go, "Holy fuck, that's such a good performance!" Without ever speaking. Yeah, yeah. I I'm gonna give it to her as well. Mm. What about so you? I, yeah, I was like, so. "Can I give?" I wrote like originally my comeback was just like Dren question mark. Yeah, and, and I mean, now she comes I'm just. Back. Well, she dies. I'm gonna give. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give Mizuno two, three awards here. She's gonna get it in all three. She's gonna get my nice. comeback. Yeah. Um, what about you, Clay? I mean, I liked all the performances, like pretty right off the bat. Yeah. So I'd say my comeback come would be the manager of the two idiot scientists in in Split, because yeah. he's the only motherfucker with any like, sort sense. of reason or yeah. sense. In this whole thing, he's like, look, we're paying you millions of dollars to do something. Just do it. And he's like the only guy that has any kind of common sense. I don't know. And at the beginning, I was like, this guy's the worst actor in the world. He's he doesn't really get a bad. whole lot better. But I'm saying like his actual character. The character, yeah. Like, he does at least come back and be like, you guys can't be out here yeah. in the middle of he's nowhere like, no, with what's in there. And then he gets like no, picked no, up yeah. and killed no. immediately. And then he gets impaled <laughs> by a tree. No, no. No, um, duck, duck. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Do you guys have like a favorite scene um, for Max Machina? Dance scene or the scene when he takes him into the room where he built the AI? The dance scene has this like lasting legacy of its own that. I actually, I my mom, I watched it with her uh, just as you did uh, last night, um, Carter. I, I I was watching it and she's you guys like, I love this scene, this but I don't Gabe's understand mom? why this is in it. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, <laughs> separately? It, it, I, I was like, I, no, no, separately. Very separate. <laughs> we Social we treat our number one fans here on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> she's actually number two. Um, but uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I was watching two. it with her and she said like, I like that scene, but why was it in it? And then I explain like all the re- there's a lot of reasons why the dance scene is in it, and it yeah. and it it's kind of incredible in that way. Yeah, um, I would say my favorite scene um, is where she's getting dressed. Like she just uh, told Caleb to stay there, oh, and yeah. she goes and she slowly because it's just so the scene right before we did our intro. 
That's the same scene. When she's first... Oh, no, oh you're talking about the end. Like, she was close. Yeah. And, and it's just like... I just think the acting and the cinematography... Like, yeah. like I said, I, I love the slow shot and the way she's just kind of discovering everything. And she, this is like... I mean, other than her drawing pictures, this is like the first choice in her life. She's yeah. like, what do I want to do? Okay, I can do this. Oh, well, your skin I'm going to take. Like, you know, and I just... It sounds fucked up when I say that out loud uh, without knowing context, but um, I just loved it. I just, I was so uh, Do you think in that scene she is thinking of it that way, or is she, now that we know the ending, is she being deceitful? Is she trying to find the right... What's funny is in this, we didn't talk about the very last scene of the movie, which we actually talked about for like 20 minutes in my screenwriting class. When she goes whether in she when she's walking and you see the shadows and a lot of it is shadows of couples and then it's her shadow which is just her singular shadow appears and then when she sees in the mirror she looks back and a lot of people think that that was her signaling that she was going to go back for Kayla. <gasps> oh, I actually so I was re Oh, he's each, like dead as each fuck. Time I, well, each time I watch Ex Machina, yeah, he's star, I wonder <laughs> Whether she looks at him, like I, I always forget whether she look, she looks back. Oh, when the elevator not, closes. Just, but she does, and and does every time I watch second. it, she looks over. She knows what she did to him. Yeah. And it, it is that alone. I mean, that's an incredible. Life the finds whole, a way, like, baby. Like it sounds like a xylophone is being played very slowly in that scene when she's escaping. Also, when she goes into the lobby, doesn't it sound like the Jurassic Park theme at first? Oh my goodness! I every time I think that the Jurassic Park theme is about to start playing, my mom goes, "I don't know as we're watching Jurassic Park." Dude, I I don't know if that was purposeful or what, because like the dinosaurs are gonna escape in that, but. Anyways, uh, we could we could wrap this up. Yeah. Yeah. Or Nick, do you have a favorite scene? Um, I, I don't because I just really love Ex Machina. Like I, I can't really parse out a favorite scene. Like, yeah, obviously the, the, uh, you know, the dance scene is awesome. And Oscar Isaac line right before is amazing where yeah. Domal Gleason goes, you tore up her paper. Why? And he goes, I'm going to tear up this dance floor. Watch this dude. <laughs> He's like, check it out. <laughs> and then he just immediately has a choreographed oh, routine. dance routine is so great. To too. an amazing song. That's, yeah, uh, I love that scene is Berg. Oh, I bet. Oh, that's... <laughs> Get Down Saturday Night by Oliver Cheatham. Uh, good scene. Uh, anyways, do you guys have any recommendations of things that are like this or things you're watching lately that you think people should watch? I said Annihilation, Her, and Moon. Moon for 100%. Mm. One of my favorites. I said uh, Inception just because it's kind of just like that mind fucky feeling yeah. to me where I think if you enjoy those plot twists at the end, you enjoy that. But yeah. I mean, it's just so hard to me. Ex Machina is kind of is a, is a movie it's on its, its own. own I don't yeah. know how to go that way. Um, I definitely last. recommend people watch Devs, the <laughs> show by Alex yeah. Garland. It, I don't think everyone was really satisfied with it, but I, I found him to explore a lot of like realistic scenarios. And uh, uh, the guy who plays Ron Swanson, what's uh, Nick Offerman, is so good Sheesh, in Devs. Um, yeah, well, I got it pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, and then I would check out other A24 uh, movies. And uh, for Oscar Isaac, like, Watch Inside the Wind Davis if you really want to see like how great of an actor he can be. Um, or uh, X Men Apocalypse. 
It's fantastic. Oh God, X Men Apocalypse is so good. Or Triple Frontier. <laughs> He's so good in that. He's so great. good. Uh, anyways, uh, my only recommendation any- is Solaris uh, because that is ooh, this movie yeah. takes from Solaris a bunch. I, as, I would say watch the Russian version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Tarkovsky yeah. one. Tarkovsky is pretty good. As hard as that movie is to Stalker. get through, it's a great. I think you should watch Stalker, Nick, but I, I, it's, it's interesting. Um, we did get one email. We love when we get emails on this podcast. It's just like our favorite thing in the world because it's so fucking rare. Uh, <laughs> we got an email from uh, our favorite listener. Uh, his name is Billy Steger, and he said, Hey, boys. Can't put this off any longer, and your incessant urging for fan mail is making it hard to live my regular life. Your podcast is getting very good. You've gotten into a great uh, swing of things. Have obviously great chemistry. That's because, you know, me and Nick, we're attracted to each other as the beginner. They're their heads off. Yeah. And are continually getting more creative with your intros, your plot synopses, and your analyses. Uh, if there's anything more I could do to spread awareness besides subscribing, already have, listening, already do, and sending fan mail, check, uh, then I probably won't. I had to do jumping jacks to get hyped up enough to write this. <laughs> Keep it up, gentlemen, <laughs> Billy. Thanks, Billy. You're good, uh, you're good buddy. We're Is glad that, that you listen. Kevin Durant moment of Gabe Siegel? Because that sounded something ridiculous that you would just... <laughs> no, this one was actually Billy. I did that two weeks ago. <laughs> I made up yeah, a fake mail. But yeah, you guys can send us emails Use to uh, facingoffpodcast uh, at gmail.com. We would love to hear how you rate these movies. You can honestly just give us like a breakdown or like a quick thing or text us or message us. You could also find us on Instagram, instagram.com slash facing off pod. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash facing off pod. If you want to hear Nick's uh, in moment reactions to scenes of splice, go to Twitter uh, and look up facing off pod and you will uh, see his reactions there. Uh, next week, we are going to be doing Star Wars Force Awakens versus Star Wars A New Hope. Uh, that's going to be pretty fun with Holly and uh, who's a previous guest comedian in LA uh, podcaster and her boyfriend Brad Lewandowski Uh, you guys have a send off? Uh, I mean I'll just shout out to you guys again I told Gabe this earlier you and Nick you guys have been killing it you got like pretty like so much better I mean honestly just throughout you guys yeah, we were a wreck at first at first it was like <laughs> uh, I don't want to look you know look yeah. <laughs> no I'm kidding obviously no. but you guys have, you guys have been great it was just a lot of fun to come back on thanks for having me yeah and uh, I mean very likewise I've turned my brother and my uh, mom on in this podcast yes Steve's listening absolutely love it yeah so yeah. shout out to you Steve and uh, it's a beautiful day here with uh, with my buddies I'm gonna go tear off the dance floor check it out <laughs> check it out check it out you bet she could fuck Ava Ava <laughs>